This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. Before we get started, I would like to remind everyone to uh, put a review on Apple Podcast, and that just helps me and helps you as uh, I can get more guests with more reviews. So I appreciate that. My next guest is Dr. Leonard Pastrana. Uh, he is a doctor in pharmacology, director of clinical services at New BioAge, and we'll talk about what that is. He is an expert in cellular optimization medicine, a SEED scientific research and performance fellow, and an A4M peptide certified pharmacist. Uh, we will be talking today again about peptides, and I know we had an episode not that long ago with Dr. Holtorf about peptides, but um, I'm going to be talking more and more about peptides as I'm doing more of that in my own uh, clinical practice and just seeing the benefits that that can have in uh, just health optimization. And so I'm just really excited as I continue to learn more about uh, peptides. So hopefully you will enjoy this one as well. Uh, so Leonard, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So before we get going, um, I always just like my guests to kind of explain how they got into this space. And so just kind of tell your story of how you got into becoming like an expert in peptides and then starting uh, this company called New BioAge, which we'll talk a little bit about more about what they do. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm a pharmacist, like you said, and I initially was in a traditional pharmacy role. I worked at a retail pharmacy and I came across peptides kind of by, by accident. But you know, when I first initially got started as a pharmacist, I was working in the retail setting, like I said, and it was, it was not a fun job. I mean, most pharmacists working at your typical CVS and Walgreens, it's a, it's a really tough job. And it wasn't fulfilling because, you know, I felt like I was just pumping out as many medications as I can. I didn't have time to talk to patients and I love being a pharmacist and I love talking to patients, but in that setting, it's just, you don't have the time. You're pumping stuff out as fast as possible. You're just giving people band-aids. You're watching people get sicker and sicker. And I, I stayed there too long. You know, I was there about eight years before I finally decided I wanted to move to something more clinical. And I went to the hospital for a pharmacist role. But even there, even though I really enjoyed what I learned in the hospital setting, I, I, I saw the, the consequences of, of what, um, of what we were doing in the retail setting by uh, just giving people band-aids all the time. You know, people were getting sicker and sicker, younger and younger. And I was kind of pointing my finger at the healthcare system, but you know, it's, it's funny, sometimes you, you don't realize what's going on in your own life because I was now in my mid thirties and I was already obese and I was, um, I was having trouble walking up the stairs and I had a lack of energy and I had brain fog and you know, I came to the realization, you know, I'm going to be like one of, one of these patients that I have here. And it was, um, it wasn't until that happened to me and I decided that I wanted to change my life and my health that, um, that I realized, you know, I wasn't going to do that in a traditional healthcare setting. You know, when I changed, when I, you know, lost a bunch of weight and transformed myself, 
it wasn't because I was following what I had learned in even in school or in the traditional healthcare setting. I was out there reading books uh, for you know entrepreneurs, uh, people in the functional medicine space. I didn't. I had no idea that this precision medicine, integrative medicine uh, type of of uh, healthcare was even available. And so, um, in the process of doing that, you know, getting healthy and, and optimizing yourself, it's not just about what you're taking or what diet you're on. It's about a lot of self-development. And, and in, that, in that process, I started following a lot of different people where um, I got into the, the entrepreneurial bug and I started a, a couple different companies and they, they really took off. And I, I left the, uh, the healthcare system completely. And I had more of a, a, a marketing type of uh, role that I was really, really enjoying. And um, I walked in to, to bring this back full circle to where how peptides came into, into all this was I walked into a buddy of mine's pharmacy when we went to, we went to pharmacy school together and he had more of this uh, unique like boutique type style pharmacy with a lot of health and wellness and preventative stuff. And it was a, it was a, it was a really nice pharmacy. And I walked in there and he said that, you know, he had been using his peptides, uh, some of his patients had been using peptides and he, he has a really good understanding of what's working and what's not working because he can see the patients as they change. He can see um, you know, the, the differences, people actually refilling the medication. He was telling me about these things called peptides, specifically one that was helping on gut health and how, how great it was. It was working for him and his patients. And I decided to work with him and a local physician to put together uh, a program or a marketing uh, program uh, specializing in, in gut health. And so to do that, he had me log into his A4M peptide certification course. So that I was doing more of market research to understand this a little bit better. But when I logged into that peptide certification course, I just absolutely you know, fell in love with it. Um, I, I went through the whole course myself. I then applied for the course so I can get certified. I redid the course. I probably took this course two or three times just because I was so fascinated by this, this new form of medicine that was different from me as a pharmacist. What I was used to, you give somebody a drug, you, they, they're on that drug forever. Yes, it does cause some side effects. And yes, we are putting a Band-Aid and we're not looking at what the core problem, the, what the root cause was. Um, and then there was this, there was this new type of uh, treatment plans or, or peptides where you're not putting somebody on, on something forever. They're, they're doing something a lot different. So anyway, I, I just got obsessed with the whole, whole idea. And then we started working with uh, uh, local practitioners because we saw there was a really big gap between the, the pharmacy and prescribers that were prescribing these peptides as to what were the correct dosages, how to cycle these, what to uh, put these with, what type of protocols help these synergistically work together. And so we started working with local physicians to put programs uh, together. And in the meantime, that, that, really, that really took off till we're... We, um, we started uh, going to all the conferences. Uh, I got into seed scientific research and, and fellowship program, um, really understanding uh, peptides and medicine on a cellular level. And we are, are now uh, helping uh, practitioners put together protocols for their practices. And it's, it's, been, it's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun and a fun ride. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's cool that you recognize, you know, because I obviously with what I do in this podcast, I talk a lot about the the sick model of healthcare, and unfortunately, there's not enough doctors out there that are recognizing that it is a sick model of healthcare. But but there are some that just recognize we're not making patients better. Uh, but that's that's cool that you recognize that from from your viewpoint as a pharmacist that hey, I'm just prescribing drugs, people aren't getting better. They just keep coming in with the same thing. So uh, anyway, that's cool that you recognize that kind of went a different direction. Yeah. And I think the big change was um, I transformed myself. You know, like I said, I was, I was obese and I got, I got to a point where 
it was other physicians and other practitioners and other people coming up to me asking me, you know, what did you do? Because um, I, I look like I, I'm, I'm in my 40s now and I'm at the same weight and I'm just, I'm even stronger than I was when I was 19, 20 years old. And, you know, this, this, this world of anti-aging and what you can do is this, this thought that, you know, we just get older and that's, that's, just the, that's just what you have to deal with. You know, when I was first trying to transform myself, I, was, I would go to the doctor because I would, I would have so many injuries. I get like plantar fasciitis or I'd hurt my knee or I'd, I'd get these calf strains. And, and I, was trying to, I was trying to better myself. I was trying to, but I just kept on getting hurt. And anytime I went to the doctor to fix one of these injuries, what they would tell me is, hey, welcome to getting old. And I just knew that that, that, that wasn't right. I'm in my 30s. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't be the way things are. And um, when people got to see that transformation happen, when we started utilizing peptides, um, and it's not just the peptides, it's utilizing peptides with exercise, with, with fasting, with nutrition, synergistically, the power that they all have together. It's not just about learning about what a molecule does. It's understanding that cell signaling molecule and how that interacts with a nutrition, with the timing of when you eat, with the timing of what exercise you do. Um, and, and understanding that on a cellular level is what really transformed everything for me and, and created a, a, a really fun business out of it. Great. We'll talk a little bit more about new bio age. And so you started that. When did you start that? And, and uh, talk a little bit more about what you guys do at new bio age. Sure. So we started new bio age uh, about, a, about a year ago. Uh, like a lot of businesses now, they are, they're born during the, the pandemic when everybody is kind of reevaluating their lives uh, and, and, and deciding that, you know what, I want to, I want to do something that's fulfilling. I want to do something that's going to really help people um, and I have a lot of friends that started businesses during, during the pandemic, but it, it started then and it, it transformed. Initially, what we did was we were, we were putting people through programs and protocols on, on how to transform anything from weight loss to cognitive function um, so that we can show doctors the correct way to do it so they, they in turn, can use our pharmacy network uh, for their compounds. And that, that organically grew really, really fast to the point where we, we realized we, we have something here. And there was a big need for physicians that are, so there's a lot of physicians in the anti-aging world right now, or they're transferring to this functional medicine integrative uh, space. But what we're noticing is there are a lot of primary care physicians that there's this almost this max exodus away from the traditional healthcare system. And they, they don't have time to be at every single conference like I'm at. They don't have time to be taking every single course and be reading every single paper like I get to do every day because it's just a lot of fun for me. And so we realized that you know, there was a big, there was a, there was a, a market for this where we help practitioners uh, basically uh, go come into this world and explain to them the different compounds and the different protocols and cycles that they can do on how they can run their practice and optimize their patients anywhere from weight loss to sexual function to cognitive function to just um, having a longevity and anti-aging strategy. And it's been, this is it's very new. And we've just kind of uh, started with a select uh, couple practitioners. Uh, putting these protocols together for them and, and helping them scale their business. And it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, let's get into some of those protocols if we could, uh, you know, on the uh, episode with Dr. Holtorf, we didn't talk much about the growth hormone like peptides, which are a very popular form of peptides. And I know uh, they're kind of instrumental in, in the weight loss and stuff like that. So uh, let's talk about those and maybe just the, the weight loss, type protocols that, that you recommend using peptides? Sure. So um, yeah, the growth hormone peptides are probably the most, the most common one. And, you know, it's the first thing I like to talk about when I talk about growth hormone peptides is that 
you know, when you say growth hormone, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think some people kind of shy away from it because they're thinking, uh, you know, growth hormone. And, you know, what growth hormone peptides or secretagogue peptides are is, is different than what you would uh, what you think about athletes or, or professional or bodybuilders taking, taking growth hormone, right? Um, what secretagogue peptides do is they stimulate you, your body's own production of its own growth hormone, very different from putting in an exogenous uh, hormone in the body. And this is really, really important because um, the way that your body secretes growth hormone is in a pulsatile fashion, does it anywhere from three to five times per day. It's pulsing it out. It's not constantly delivering growth hormone like someone that would you know, inject exogenous growth hormone. And that makes a, a, a really big difference because you can see that the body already understands uh, how to utilize its own growth hormone. Now, the thing that happens is that as we age, starting around age, start to decrease the amount of growth hormone that we secrete by about 15% every decade. So by the time you get to 50 years old, you are um, secreting a lot less growth hormone than you did when you were, when you were younger. And so this is where we see a lot of the, uh, the effects of aging because growth hormone is so important when it comes to things uh, surrounding aging um, and surrounding body composition, things like uh, fat tissue loss, things like lean muscle gain, uh, sleep, anything from uh, and, and anything that's dealing with senescent or inflammatory cells. Uh, growth hormone is in charge of making the cells very, very efficient. And as we age, we have less of this growth hormone. And that's when we see all these effects of aging, like inflammation, like uh, more fat gain, uh, a decrease in lean muscle. And e these are all the things that are leading to chronic disease, right? So if we think about aging, we're thinking about uh, like the precursor uh, to all the, the problems that we have in the United States right now. So 70% of our population is overweight or obese. Uh, there's a very large percent of the population that's diabetic. There's a very large percent, of, I think it's like 30 something percent, 80 something million, 100 million people that are pre-diabetic right now. And they don't even realize that they are diabetic, right? So we have the beginning of what you know we i believe is is the aging process that's causing a lot of these chronic diseases and it's that's why i think peptides are so important because we want to focus on what was happening uh, when we were younger you know when we were younger we had plenty of growth hormone we had plenty of nad right what happened when you got hurt you, you recovered really fast uh you had um you, you what if what happens if you went out drinking the next day you you woke up and you were able to go to work right and there's we, there's things that we can't do anymore as we get older and it's because we have a decrease in things like growth hormone, we have a decrease in things like NAD, we have more inflammation going on. Um, and so that's why these secreted gout peptides can be so, so powerful in what they do. But to, to answer your question specifically when it comes to, to weight loss strategies, um, if you look at what some of these secreted uh, peptides are doing, there's a lot of buzzwords in the, in the anti-aging world that we think we, we hear about. We hear about um, you know, uh, mitochondrial function, or NAD or fat oxidation, um, these, these, these things that we hear all the time. But if you look at the mechanism of what's happening with these secretagogic peptides, when they are allowing your uh, pituitary gland to secrete its own growth hormone, you see all the things that get upregulated, right? Upregulated, you see something like PGC1-alpha get upregulated. And PGC1-alpha is the, the master switch for your mitochondria. It's, what, it's where mitochondria uh, biogenesis happens, right? So in the mitochondria is where we're oxidizing fat, where we're burning fat. And the more mitochondria, the more dense our mitochondria is, the better, the better we, we have a chance at fat loss or even any type of cellular function. Uh, there's other things like uh, it, it improves the NAD plus to NADH ratio, right? NAD is very, very important. NAD is what, what basically what powers every cellular reaction that we have. 
Um, and as we age, we have what we have less, less NAD. And, you know, if we have any DNA damage, if we have anything going on when it comes to inflammation, um, not only are we synthesized, are we making our own NAD less, but now it's being sucked up into all these inflammatory processes and fixing all this DNA that as we age, that's why we have less of it. But here we have secretocode peptide that can actually improve stuff like, like NAD. So that's why it's so effective in something with a weight loss strategy. Now, this is the most important part of, of this because I run into people all the time that say, you know, I tried something like CJC and Epimoralin and really didn't do much for me, right? So it is very, very important that it's done correctly and combined with the right things because it could have a synergistic effect. If you think about what a growth hormone peptide is doing, it's improving mitochondrial function, it's, it's uh, upregulating AMP, AMPK and your sirtuin genes. You know, we have to think about what are the other things that also deal with that similar pathway, right? When we caloric restrict or we intermittent fast, what are we doing? We're improving fat oxidation. We're, in, we're improving we're improving um, uh, that, that when we caloric restrict, we're improving NAD, we're improving uh, this fat loss. So what happens when we synergistically use all these things together, when you're taking a CJC and a Femoralin and you are intermittent fasting or you are doing stuff like fasted cardio, when we are, are converging on the same pathway, that's when you see the transformations or, or, the, or the weight loss. Um, so, you know, just taking a peptide by itself and not combining it with, with other things that are converging on that same pathway for that specific goal that you have um, is a big mistake. Um, so I, there's there's several of them out there in this class. Is there, you mentioned the CJC, Ipamorelin, uh, and then there's uh, Somorelin. You can get the Ipamorelin by itself or with the CJC. I, is there, you know, one of those in particular that's maybe better for weight loss purposes or what do you recommend in that regard? Sure. Yeah. So Ipamorelin is like the third generation of what we call GHRP, growth hormone releasing peptide. Um, and in my opinion, Ipamorelin is, is the best. So Morelin is what everybody's more like the old school one. Um, it's shorter acting. It could potentially raise stuff like cortisol and prolactin. Um, and it, you know, it's what we had back in the day, but Epimorlin is more of that next generation. It does not increase cortisol. It has a longer duration of action. It doesn't really, uh, uh, increase prolactin levels. And you can take Epimorlin by itself as a, as a anti-aging or longevity strategy. But what we found is that when we combine it with a GHRH like CJC, um, that we see a bigger pulse or a bigger release of, of that growth hormone. So um, I think CJC and Epimorlin is probably, um, you know, the, the best one right now. There's other ones that are uh, like Tessa Morlin uh, that's actually has, is FDA approved. Its brand name is Agrifta that um, is, a, is a stronger, more, more potent uh, secretagogue that deals a lot more with, with visceral fat. But yeah, I think CJC and Epimorlin is probably the best, is the best one. Um, and it depends on what you're using it for, right? So if you're looking at just to improve sleep, to improve your longevity, you know, a once nightly dose of uh, about 100 micrograms of CJC and epimoralin is, is, is going to do that. And it's very important. The most important dose you can take is at bedtime because uh, around two o'clock in the morning is when you have the biggest pulse of growth hormone. Uh, and so that's what we want to optimize. We want to optimize that, that stage four sleep that the CJC and epimoralin is working on. Because if you think about what's happening as we age, what happens, we, we, um, we don't sleep as well, right? So it means we don't repair, we don't recover like we used to. So that, that nighttime dose of CJC and epimoralin is going to be the most important one. But if you're looking for amplified fat loss, 
you're going to want to be looking at multiple daily dosing, right? So you're going to be doing at least twice a day, 100 micrograms at night, 100 micrograms in the morning. It's very, very important that it's on, it's on an empty stomach. So you haven't had any food within the last hour and a half and that you don't eat, you know, uh, within 20 to 30 minutes after. So it's really easy to do it at night. You know, hopefully you're not eating late into the night, right? Because that would be, you know, not a good uh, weight loss strategy. And then in the morning, it's easy because you're in a fasted state. Um, and to get more of accelerated either fat loss or if you want to use it for muscle gain. And that's when you see people taking it up to three times a day, you know, post-exercise. Post so when people start this, and one reason why I'm excited about this, is, and you know, we do a lot of weight loss here, and, and we really, you know, we preach a lot of, you know, good nutrition, obviously, a lot of fasting and that kind of thing. But uh, there's still some people out there that do everything right, and, you know, they're exercising, and, and they're just not losing the weight like they want, or they're not getting the lower body fat. And so just to have a tool like this is exciting to just kind of help them get to that next level. Um, but on that note, what, what could people expect? So say they're, they're doing everything else uh, in conjunction with this, the diet, the exercise, the fasting, you know, what can people expect in two months, four months, six months, a year? I mean, what, what have you seen? So that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that I pay attention to a lot because it's, I'm trying to understand uh, what's the difference in between people that have these transformative results compared to people that um, it takes a little bit longer. Because I've seen people um, that transform completely in six weeks, right? Where I see other people where it takes a little bit more consistency, two to three months. But, you know, in the first few weeks, I, I, with everybody, I definitely see uh, the ability to repair and recover a lot easier. I do see an improvement in sleep around the four to six week mark is where we start to see uh, body composition changes. And it's really important for me, at least when I'm working with personal clients, is that I have them get on some type of a 3D scanner or uh, a DEXA scan previously, because what a lot of people like to do when they're, they're, they're thinking about weight loss is they, they, they start the program and they get on the scale and all they're concerned with is the number on the scale going down which is, we have to remind people that's not what we want to do. What we want to do to be optimized or optimal is we want to decrease in fat tissue and an increase in lean muscle at the same time. And sometimes that's happening. Weight's staying the same, but we're putting on lean muscle and we're decreasing our fat tissue. And I'll have people come up and say, you know, the scale's not moving, but my clothes are starting to fit differently, or I'm starting to look a little bit different. And so it's very important, you know, to understand is like, we, we even stop calling our programs weight loss programs, because I, I feel like that's kind of a, it's not putting people in the, in the right mind frame. That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to mimic. I mean, if you want to get on an HCG diet and, and eat like sustainable, um, you know, be able, I mean, it, it, there's, there's a time and place for anything, but you know, getting that number on the scale to go down is not the same as um, optimizing yourself. Uh, so just to kind of summarize, if people are just wanting to do more kind of longevity, better sleep than uh, ipamorelin by itself, maybe just at night is a good option, which is actually what I've been doing uh, more recently. If they're really interested in the maximal benefits, weight loss, decreased body fat, then maybe adding the CJC uh, and doing it twice a day would probably be better. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. And what you can do is you can start at, um, you know, a nightly daily dosing, see how you feel, see how our, our things are going. If you're recovering better, it just really depends on, on the patient, right? You know, some, sometimes patients come to us and they are massively inflamed or they're, they've been in a, in a pretty bad area for a while. Right. And we're just trying to uh, fix a couple of things, mostly lifestyle, right? Because we can't get them to exercise really hard or we can't get them to 
uh, restrict their calories or have short, short eating windows because they've been kind of in a bad state uh, previously getting to us. So at the beginning, we're just working on fasting. We're just working on cleaning stuff up, just getting them to start walking, right? So it depends on where, where they're at, right? Because at the beginning of the protocol, we might be getting them to move. You know, we're just trying to uh, fix them on a cellular level. We're trying to, you know, get their body to start using, utilizing fat as an energy source instead of carbohydrates. We're just trying to work on their efficiency. And once we get there, now they can start to exercise. Now they can start to move a little bit better. Now we might want to change things. Now we might want to start going to two to three times daily dosing because they can exercise a little bit better now. They are moving more. So it really depends on, on where people are at. But that's the beautiful thing about peptides. It's, it's almost kind of like an art, depending on what your goals are in that time, you can signal yourselves to do what you're trying to accomplish in that moment. And that might be different on month one than it is on month three or four. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. And so how long should people, so say they want to get started on something like this, uh, you know, they're wanting to lose some body fat. Uh, I've heard people say to maybe do these for six months out of the year and, and then take a break for a little while. What, what's your recommendation? So what regard. we do is we do, we do three months, um, okay. just to be on the safe side. We don't have anybody on CGC and Femoral in longer than three months, just because we don't want to desensitize the, the, uh, the receptor, especially if they're on the CJC and Femoral portion. So we go okay. about three months and then okay. usually a month off and either try something different. Um, and it just depends on, on where they're at, um, within their goals. Right. Um, if usually in, in most cases, we see someone start a program for CJC and Femoral in for three months. Uh, they've, they've lost a lot of fat tissue. They've started to put on some lean muscle. Uh, they're feeling really good. They've, they've lost a lot of weight. Now they're, they're starting their, their brain's working better. They're feeling better. They're going to the gym more. Um, and now for them to get more benefit, uh, on the next step is, is going to be more reliant on what they can do exercise in the gym wise. So now when they take a break, they might want to focus on something that's more of a performance peptide, like a mitochondrial peptide. That's going to be focusing on their performance. Um, and their stamina. So something like a MOTC, which is a mitochondrial peptide. Um, so that's, that's the game that you can kind of play as, as you are, are cycling these things, depending on, on how well you're doing and what your next goal is. So that's, that's, that's what we do is, is um, it's really exciting when someone transforms and now all of a sudden they come to you and they were just like, you had to convince them to walk. And now, now they can't wait to get in the gym because they're, they're feeling young again. Gotcha. Um, you can introduce uh, mitochondrial peptides. Cool. Okay. Which I want to ask you about that here in just a second. So, but if somebody wants to, to continue this, uh, continue these, maybe do them for a year, you recommend taking what a month or two off and then maybe do a another cycle. Yeah. yeah. A month or two off, depending on what they, you know, they want to do, they might just be focusing on something else. Um, you know, they might not be focusing on a secretagogue specifically, um, but they might be utilizing other things for, for weight loss. It's not like we're taking a complete month off of a, a protocol. We can start, you know, utilizing different things like, like NAD, or um, of different different compounds that, that are going to aid in what you're what you're trying to do, or maybe maybe that month you're really focusing on your immune system and you want uh, you know a more immune modulating um, peptides, or or you really want to focus on your on your gut health. Um, there's there's a lot of things that they can do on that month off. It's not necessarily taking a break necessarily from programming. It's more of a break from uh, secretagogues or or growth hormone peptides. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm I'm interested in the in the Matsi. Yeah. So the Matsi is not one I'm familiar with. And I know I haven't talked about it on, on this before. Uh, and matter of fact, I don't even know if I've talked about mitochondrial health. Uh, maybe I'm sure I have at some point, but so, so talk about that particular peptide and what that can do. 
Cool. So yeah, uh, mitochondrial peptides are uh, very interesting in that, you know, our end goal with a lot of these things that we're trying to do is improve our, our mitochondrial function, right? So we, we do know that um, if we look, if we reduce every disease state down, we'll find that somewhere along the line, it's due to some type of mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, and as we age, uh, we, you know, we have less, less density of our mitochondria, less ability to burn fat, less ability to, you know, be like we learned it in, in middle school, it's the powerhouse of the cell. Um, and what they found is that in the mitochondria, there's, there's peptides, right? So you have to remember these peptides aren't something that we're, we're inventing. They're, they're, they're uh, natural to our body. Our body recognizes them. And um, specifically a, a peptide like MOTC has been found to, uh, they called it kind of, and I, I hate using this word because they, they call it an exercise mimetic, right? And I saw some people initially saying, hey, this is, this is the, the peptide that you wanna use if people don't wanna exercise and they don't wanna do anything else. But that, I do not agree with that at all. Just because it is, it is working on the same system that uh, exercises doesn't mean that we should just eliminate you know, exercise. We wanna synergistically enhance uh, the exercise. And so the reason it's doing that is that it's an improving AMPK. And AMPK is something that we can improve when we either caloric restrict or we exercise. And it's giving us all these amazing benefits when AMPK is upregulated. Um, it helps with our NAD. It activates our sirtuin genes, our longevity genes. It activates um, something called uh, PGC1-alpha like we talked about that improves mitochondria, mitochondrial biogenesis. It can improves something called PPAR-gamma that improves our uh, fatty acid oxidation. So very important if we can get our mitochondria working properly um, that we're going to perform better. And so we've seen that uh, with MOTC, it's actually helping uh, glucose get into the muscle cell, right? So it's upregulating something called GLUT4 transport. And this is important because, you know, with most of these people, most people that we're working with, what are we really working? We're, we're working on metabolic flexibility, right? Something that we're, we're looking at uh, as physicians, one of the first things we're looking at is uh, the glucose insulin dynamics. Is, is my patient insulin resistance? Um, are they insulin sensitive? Uh, how, do they have high glucose levels? Do they have high fasting insulin levels? We wanna know what's, what's going on there because obviously that's gonna hinder uh, weight loss. And so something that MOTC does is it improves insulin sensitivity. So it was being researched in, uh, being looked at in, in diabetes and a lot of uh, metabolic syndrome. And so what they found was that it helps this GLUT4 transport, getting the glucose into the, into the muscle cell that's definitely helping with, uh, with, with performance. So the way that we like to utilize this is um, to enhance somebody's exercise. I mean, obviously it would work well for somebody that has um, trouble with, with uh, different uh, glucose dynamics or insulin resistance, but um, we're finding this is a great addition. This is something that you could also take along with secretagogues uh, to improve uh, that performance. And it's another one that you take for a couple months, but it's probably one of my favorite. Interesting. Okay. Now the security gogs that we were just talking about, those are in, those are injections. And mm -hmm. so, so those are daily injections or twice a day. Uh, the MOT C, what is that an injection as well? Or is that also an a subcutaneous injection as well? Yep. Okay. And is that also like a daily type thing similar to the other one? It's, no, it's a little bit different. Uh, the MOTC, it, there's usually a loading dose and it's anywhere from five to 10 milligrams, three times a week for the first month. And then it's just a, a weekly dosing okay. uh, of, of the MOTC. And so the way that we like to do it is uh, we like to utilize it on when people, we have to schedule it around uh, their exercise. So on, if there's a couple days a week where you're going to be doing your most intense exercise, I think that's a great day to, to utilize it just so you can get the most out of your performance. Interesting. Okay. So what are some of your other favorite ones that you uh, want to talk about? 
Sure. So that, you know, a lot of these peptides work synergistically together. And another one uh, that I'm sure, you know, is probably one of the more common ones is, is BPC-157, right? Uh, BPC-157, usually the, the conversation is surrounded around uh, gut health, inflammation, uh, improved tendon and muscle repair, which it does a, 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 great, a great job with. Um, and this is one of the few peptides that you can take orally because it's orally uh, bioavailable. It's found in the, the gastric. Uh, we use it a lot for, for gut health, for IBS, for uh, any type of gut health issue, just because of what it does uh, inflammatory wise, how it protects against corticosteroids and NSAIDs, and it improves the mucosal lining um, and deals with uh, inflammation. So they're a great peptide um, because we all know if somebody's gut health isn't, isn't well, there's going to be a lot of inflammation. It's going to be really hard to lose weight. But I think one thing that's not talked about a lot is um, with, with BPC, uh, it improves the density of growth hormone receptors. And that's why I think it goes really well with a strategy for weight loss when it's combined with a secretagogue. Because here we have the secretagogue, we're working on the pulse and amplitude of your own physiological growth hormone release. Remember, it's stimulating the anterior, anterior pituitary to, re, to release. So I, can check what that's oh, for. I don't know what that's for. We are working oh, on that's my, my Siri is talking to me right now, sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so it improves growth hormone receptors, right? So if we are secreting that, uh, or help, helping our bodies produce that physiological growth hormone pulse, then, um, if we can improve the density of our growth hormone receptors, we can have a synergistic effect there. Um, not only that, but if somebody's really getting it after in the gym, um, it's very protective, uh, for tendons and muscles and things like that. So we like to, we like to utilize those two, two together. And another, I guess, popular one that I think I touched on before is for sexual health, specifically like PT-141. Uh, I don't know. There may be other ones out there that I don't know about, but uh, is that one that, that you all use a lot? Yeah. So PT-141, um, it's, it's actually had a lot of human clinical trials and they've saw, they, they were calling it initially when it was uh, showing a lot of promise, they called it the female Viagra. And um, it, was, it was showing a lot of benefits when it came to libido. Um, in both men and women. Now, um, it is, can come a couple different ways. It can come subcutaneous injection, which um, the downside of it is it is it definitely works, but it can, it can be accompanied with a little bit of nausea. And some people, it's, it can make them very nauseous. And it's like, it's not what you want to get going when you're trying to work your, on your libido to be nauseous like in that type of moment. So, um, but it is very effective. The other route of administration that I found where we don't see people having that, um, that nausea is, is through a nasal spray, um, but it has to be the right dose. Uh, I've seen a lot of pharmacies out there having you know, small micro doses because people understand that the you know, PT-141 is good for libido and there's this small dose in there. It's not really working for them. Uh, the clinical trial that they used was that this was actually in men where they used, um, they used it with Viagra, but the dose was 7.5 milligrams of, uh, of a nasal spray. Um, and they, they found that to be effective even for men um, who were resistant or not, uh, Viagra wasn't working. And so they found that they used PT-141 and Viagra together, and they had some positive results there. So um, anecdotally speaking, it's, um, you know, is one that, that, that women like a lot, and it, it really, really enhances uh, libido. Gotcha. Okay. And so you, you found the, the nasal spray to be effective? I've, we found the nasal spray to, to, to be effective if it's at the right dose, right? So it's about gotcha. 7.5 milligrams, uh, be like one to three sprays if you can find one that has the, the, right, the right concentration. Um, but you, you want to move, you know, the, the clinical studies we've done with seven, 7.5 milligrams. Gotcha. Okay. So, so what else? I mean, what are some of the other ones that, that you like or, you know, specific 
you know, protocols maybe that, that you guys do a lot of that just to enhance uh, health? Sure. Yeah. So another one is, um, is, is uh, that we had a lot of success with recently, even me myself is uh, with hair loss, right? So there's some peptides for hair loss. There's, there's a, there's a few different peptides for hair loss, but the, the key was putting a protocol together that worked uh, on all the different pathways. Right. And so they found that uh, GHK copper had some studies helping with hair loss, but also with uh, ones like zinc thymulin that has some positive results. Another one's called PTD um, that was great for hair loss when it was combined with valproate. The problem was we have all these, these things that we know work for hair loss. You can't have people putting drops in their hair like every four hours. It's not, their patients aren't going to really adhere to that. So what we've been doing is making uh, a shampoo out of the GHK copper and zinc thymulin. Um, and then, and then they can apply the PTD valproate, um, uh, after the solution. And I saw tremendous, actually, you know what, I'm going to send you, if I haven't already, I'm going to send you my before and after picture because I was doing research for uh, a doc that came to us that wanted to implement uh, some weight loss protocol. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of, uh, PRP and uh, a lot of, uh, hair procedures and she wanted something to be more of like a take home, um, type of protocol for them to have a more of a maintenance therapy. And so what I was doing, I was doing research on all the different peptides, uh, putting together all the clinical research and putting this protocol together for her. And I had to tell you, I, I, I kind of gave up on hair loss. I was either going to shave my head or I was looking for a hair transplant, but I said, you know, I'm putting in all this research. Let me just, let me just try this. And I had tremendous results within, within three months. So that was exciting. So that's one that's, that's selling a lot right now is the, uh, the hair loss, uh, peptides. Yeah. I may have to look into that one <laughs> for myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gave up on it. I did one uh, round of PRP uh, in, in my scalp that, that I had my wife shoot. And, and I, tried to, I tried to grow my hair out. And I know it takes time, but it's just so thin on top, I couldn't do it. So I just said, heck with it. And I shaved it again. So I may, may have to try the peptides, see what that does. So. Yeah, it'd be an interesting case study. Yeah, for sure. So if you want to, and you don't have to, uh, maybe talk about your personal regimen and maybe uh, what you know, specific peptides you do and, and the benefits that you've uh, received from peptides. Sure. Yeah. So I initially got started um, and it was just a, what we've been talking about. You know, I, um, I started off with CJC and Epimoralin when I first wanted to make a, a massive transformation and combining it with a fasting protocol. So I did something like uh, every three or four months, what I'll do is I'll do some type of a, a either a three-day uh, water only fast, or I'll do something like prolon fasting mimicking diet, mm-hmm. or uh, because I really feel that when you can get your cells to go through this autophagy and clean up all these senescent cells, because you know we're going to be using peptides, we're going to be using these cell signaling molecules. Um, it's it's great to revamp your cells prior to starting any one of these protocols. So anything from a, you know low calorie, very low calorie diet for five days, um, that's how I usually get started. And I do that quarterly, and then for me initially. Um, was CJC and Epimoralin. And I was doing that uh, three times a day uh, with the BPC to improve that growth hormone, that growth hormone uh, uh, receptors. Um, and I'm combining that with uh, a lot of zone two training, you know, a lot, because I think that during zone two, uh, when you have like a low heart rate, that slow cardio is when you're maximizing your fat loss. And for me, I, I like to be lean. I don't like to be bulky. So I'm really always focused on, on fat loss. So CJC and BPC were the two peptides that, um, that I utilized initially, but I got to a point where I felt, you know, once you start to, to lift weights and, and you get your, your, your cells almost in an efficient uh, place, 
I haven't found that I needed to take the CJC in Epimoreland anymore because I'm, I'm in a good place. But initially to get to where I was at, that's where, that's where I started. Something that I've been using a lot of now lately, and it's, it's funny that just a couple days ago, um, a, a new study was released, is oxytocin nasal spray. Um, one of my colleagues was telling me that they were using this for, for weight loss. And I, I found that surprising. Um, but then he pointed me over to some studies where that showed um, that it does improve fat, fat oxidation. But it also, there were some studies, it was an eight week study with uh, nasal oxytocin where the patients ate less when they took uh, nasal spray 20 minutes before going. So a lot of people, uh, me included, my problem was that I was overeating a lot. So for people that are having problems with, with that overeating, it looks like this uh, nasal oxytocin is upregulating some of these hormones that deal with appetite suppression. So I found that to be really interesting as, as well as the, the benefits of having like a really calming effect. Um, so nasal oxytocin is something that I've been utilizing, but probably the most important thing that I think that I've seen recently is um, something that goes really well with peptides is there's been some studies coming out um, with low dose leucine um, and how it could uh, upregulate this AMPK catabolic fat burning uh, pathway. And it's not something that you would normally think because you think about leucine, you think about amino acid, you think about mTOR activation, um, bodybuilding. But what they found was that at low doses of leucine around one gram, if you combine that with resveratrol, it, it showed and uh, showed improving glucose dynamics. And then and when it was combined with B6, uh, it, sh it, it showed uh, versus placebo in human trials, it showed a uh, big weight reduction and fat reduction. And so I found that to be really interesting. We've been doing a lot of researching and putting these things together um, in a powder form that we take with water because what they found was the reason that this was working is that the low doses of leucine actually activated your sirtuin genes, right? And so your, your, the way that it did that was it decreased the amount of NAD that you need to activate your sirtuins, right? The sirtuins are the longevity genes. They're in charge of mitochondrial function, oxidative stress, right? But for that to get activated, there has to be a certain level of NAD in the system. And what they found was with this lower dose of leucine, that NAD was decreased the amount of NAD needed, right? So taking this together with some NAD precursors, um, I found is, is doing everything from uh, fat reduction to improving glucose dynamics, to improving insulin sensitivity, uh, to improving energy. Um, so I'm finding that that is working really well right now with any type of peptide uh, protocol. So I talked to a lot of people in this space who do peptides and they, uh, a lot of them take the BPC 157, uh, just continuously. Uh, I, I used to take it just when I would get hurt. And then after talking to several people, um, I just start taking it, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And I've been doing that a little over a month now and just feel really good. I can tell, I just tend to recover better, you know, in the gym is, is that something that, that you do or, or have you done? Yeah, so I am constantly trying different things because I, I, I feel uncomfortable uh, recommending stuff that I haven't tried. So yeah, I'm, 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 constantly, way, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, trying different things all the time. So I like to go on and off, but I think that um, BPC is one of the few that I have no problem with somebody taking continuously. I mean, the, the results that I've seen with BPC on people's gut health have been just tremendous. You know, we had, we had one... Um, we had one patient that just had horrible gut issues. Um, we were, they weren't sure if he had celiac disease, um, but he was going to the bathroom like four or five times a day. And he tried everything and BPC fixed, fixed all of it. And he took it for three or four months and he was completely fine. And he went off of it for a couple of months 
and it didn't come back necessarily, but he didn't feel as good. And so he's someone that's taking it continuously because he said, similar to what you were telling me, that's what reminded me of it was that he just feels better, better recovered, stomach yeah. feels better. So um, yeah, that's one you can take continuously. Very good. Uh, okay. Well, um, we're kind of running out of time here, but uh, I always ask my guests to give us one health tip that could make us healthier today. Uh, so what would you say to that? Um, the, the one health tip that, that I have, and it's very bland, it's from what I can tell, looking at stuff from a biochemistry and cellular level, is if you look at what happens to your body when you exercise, it's it's better than anything else that we can possibly do. All these peptides, all these things that I've been talking about today, they're just trying to mimic cellular pathways that get activated when we move. And it doesn't mean you have to be an intense CrossFit athlete. It just means that you need to move. And the problems that we have are from overfed state and a sedentary state. And if we can just move, and if that means just going for a walk after dinner, that, 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 that can make a big, big difference. When you, when you walk, I mean, all these things that I talked about, glucose dynamics, insulin, metabolic syndrome, chronic disease, they have a lot to do with, with your, your glucose spiking. And there's a big difference between if you have it eat a meal and you go sit on the couch, or if you eat a meal and go for a walk, that, that spike in glucose really gets dampened down. So I can't stress enough how much uh, exercise and movement is, is uh, important. Yeah. yeah, great, great advice. So, uh, okay. So let's see your website is a uh, new bio age. So N U B I O A G E.com new bioage.com. And, uh, I, I love your, your website. Like it's got this 3d stuff that's moving. I mean, it's really, really cool. So yeah. uh, people need to go check out the website. Yeah, those are amino acids. Those are the uh, building blocks of the of peptides. So yeah, yeah that, that website's there for any practitioner that is looking to, um, you know, help optimize their patient wants to go over any type of protocol development or any way we can help your practice, you know, get into this space um, uh, is what we, what we like to do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, any other way people can contact you? Is that the best way? Just the, this, the new BioAge website? Um, yeah, or you can follow me on Instagram. I tell you what my Instagram handle is, but I don't even know, but just okay. direct message. I'm, I'm very flexible, very open. Um, reach out to me anytime, any social media platform and I'll get back to you. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. So Dr. Leonard Pastrana and appreciate, uh, just all the information on, on peptides and appreciate everything you do. So thanks. It was great. It was fun talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, again, don't forget to put reviews down and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com.